You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Damian Lillard speaks. For the first time since the Blazers hired Chauncey Billups, Mr. Lillard has talked about the hire, the controversy surrounding the hire, and he did all that from Las Vegas where he is practicing with the USA basketball team. I am Aaron Fentress. This is the Blazer Focus Podcast, and today I am joined with our newly crowned podcast editor, Andrew Thien. Welcome, Andrew. How are you? I'm great, Aaron. Thanks for having me on. (laughs) You sound great. Andrew is a big Blazer fan from Medford, so I thought I'd bring him on here today to fill in for Joe Freeman, and we can talk about all things Damian Lillard since he's remaining in the news in this offsite season for a lot of different reasons. Um, first off, let's talk about what he said today regarding his status with the team. As we all know in Blazerland, Lillard got upset because he was attacked on social media for the hiring of Billups, which was controversial because Billups in 1997 was accused of but never charged of rape. He settled a civil suit back in 2000 regarding that case. There's a lot of people in Portland who felt that the Blazers erred in hiring him because of his background and because many people believe he probably was guilty, although he was never charged and, of course, never convicted. Some people went at Lillard on Twitter about the hire because – Lillard attached himself himself to the name Chauncey Billups early on in the process on June 5th, actually, when he, through Yahoo Sports and the Athletics, said he either wanted Jason Kidd and he also liked Chauncey Billups. So some fans were upset with him. He got upset with the fact that fans were coming at him. And then there was a report in Yahoo Sports that weekend, the weekend that they actually announced Billups as the hire, where it said that Lillard was upset with the fan backlash and he was wondering whether or not the Blazers could win a title team around him. That led to a big giant frenzy mm-hmm. among mm-hmm. fans. Like, oh no, Lillard might demand out. Is he really going to go somewhere? Fans across the country were coming with all sorts of trade offers for Lillard, which we'll talk about a little bit later. So this is the first time he's spoken since then. He came out and said that a Yahoo report that's, that said he was dis- disenchanted with the team um, he didn't say it was flat out a lie or anything like that, but he just said that there were people putting words in his mouth, that no one heard him actually say anything. The article questioned or the article quoted sources. It didn't quote Lillard necessarily. So he kind of put that to bed, sort of, kind of. Before I give you my take on the entire mm-hmm. thing, Andrew, after giving you all of that information and our listeners all of that information backdrop there. What do you, what'd you think about what he said? And uh, do you think he was being sincere? 
That's an excellent question. I, I I was eager to hear what the man had to say because when you're reading, you know, a, as a journalist, right? You you read stories that are pretty thinly sourced and loosely attributed to right. uh, sources close to yada yada. I mean, it just leaves you wanting more. So, um, you know, hearing hearing Dame in his own words, uh, somewhat answer questions was nice. Um, I I, I think he kind of left open the door to all uh, all options, uh, like any good politician, right? I mean, he, he talked about being prepared to go in and do his job just like he always does every year, um, which, you know, that's good to hear. But is that a decisive, I'm back, baby, I'm going to be there for forever? No, but I mean, it's still helpful to, to hear that from your star player, especially when uh, Blazer fans have been kind of on pins and needles for weeks and feels like a lot longer than that kind of wondering where things stand. So, uh, it it was nice to hear him address it. Uh, you know, anyone who's listened to, to Dame in a press conference setting knows that he's, he's going to answer questions somewhat, right. He's never dismissive. So I thought he, you know, he, he addressed that piece, uh, in a way that, like he said, wasn't, (laughs) It, it, it was pretty clear, but it was also a little muddy, which, uh, you know, is just kind of the state of the Blazers right now. Right. Pretty much. Like, he didn't come out and say, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not demanding a trade. Right. Um, he said, I've said to Neil what I need to say. Um, the quote I use in my article on OregonLive.com said, there's a lot of things being said, sometimes words being put in my mouth, and mm-hmm. I haven't said anything. All of the people who've covered me since I've been in the NBA, they know if there's something to be said or if I think something or have something to say, I'm going to say it and I'm going to stand on it. Okay. And look, I've already said this numerous times. I mean, I have to go back through all my memory banks to really come up with a firm list Mm -hmm. of my, my, uh, who I think were the best um, interview subjects I've ever dealt with. But he's absolutely in the discussion. Like he's a phenomenal um, interview subject. He, he won. He won an award, I think, an NBA award for that. <laughs> uh, voted on by the reporters, actually, <laughs> MVP yeah. of uh, post game interviews. I guess you can call it. So yeah, I mean, he, he will say a lot. He, he will say what's on his mind. But you know, look, I don't believe for a second that Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports wrote that article without having very good sourcing that Lillard was upset and throwing out there. This, this could piss me off enough to where I might leave. I just will not believe that because you're basically saying that Haynes made it up. I don't believe Haynes made it up at all. I think Lillard was upset that fans were coming at him. And I think that was his way of telling the fans back off. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because essentially that's what he was saying. I mean, based on what Yahoo, Yahoo was saying. Based on what Haynes was reporting. Yeah. Today he didn't come out and just say flat out, I'm not going anywhere. He just sort of danced around, well, they're, you know, putting words in my mouth and you haven't heard me say it. So that all said though, I've said this for two weeks. I've been trying to talk Blazers fans off the ledge. (laughs) He's not going anywhere. Like there's there's no conceivable way that they would trade him. He's not, he's not even in control. He's under contract for four years with a player option in the fourth year. There's even if he went to Neil O'Shea's office and said, trade me, I want to go somewhere. Okay. So Neil O'Shea will probably 
check and see what's out there. But he's under no obligation to make it happen. And I don't think that's going to happen anyway because no matter what he says about the Billups hire, he wanted Chauncey Billups. The name Chauncey Billups on the record came out of his mouth as someone he wanted to be the coach. There's no way Chauncey – I can't believe for a second that Chauncey yeah. Billups is coming to Portland to be the head coach thinking Lillard might leave. <laughs> it's just all inconceivable. What do you think? Well, yeah, I mean that you're a fan. You just said yourself <laughs> you've been on pins and needles, but what do you think? Well, do you uh, believe me? <laughs> I, I think, uh, and I think we've talked about this offline that you know I, 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 I love Chauncey Billups as a player. I mean, I've, I've followed his career. He's probably one of my top favorite Blazers of all time, and I had no clue as a you know diehard NBA fan. This story did not hit my radar, so uh, I think it's plausible that that Damien also would not be aware of of uh oh he had, of the he had no cl- I believe yeah. he had no clue until January 5th or June yeah. 5th and, and in the in in his comments today which uh we're talking Thursday evening and they were about 15 minutes uh he said you know uh he described Chauncey as you know someone who who the players would respect right this is a champion this is a finals mvp this is uh, a guy who's been in the media and who has uh you know this last season worked and uh on the on the clippers as an assistant coach so i i think uh i think he 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 was both laudatory towards chauncey's um potential as a coach as much as he's willing to go there not knowing you know not being in training camp not being you know working alongside him um you know, he, he tried to give him a little bit of a shine, talked about his friendship he'd had with him, but also, mm-hmm. you know, put it on old Shea a little bit, right? And saying, you know, I've made my had made my feelings known to to Neil O'Shea. And I guess um, you know, what those feelings actually are, I guess, uh maybe proprietary to to steal one of Neil's terms from uh from the press conference. He was saying he made his feelings known as regarded his future, right? Mm-hmm. But and and I I, I mean Where's he going to go, right? I mean, what's what's the return going to be, Eric? I mean, the, the problem is everything they're doing, they're doing around him, and he's involved in it. Like, one of the things that trips me out about fans is when they, and people in the media, they, they will criticize Neil Olshay for not having traded for another star player, which is extremely difficult to do, one. Mm-hmm. But Damian Lillard is involved in all of those discussions. Like, like there's, there's no way Neil Olshay is going to, make a move, a big move, especially involving McCollum, if Damian Lillard isn't involved in it. So if there was a player to be had and it involves CJ, Neil had that conversation with Dane. And if they didn't pull the trigger, Dane was on board with them not pulling the trigger. Right. Is my 100% belief and based in part on people I've talked to. Like, it just doesn't make any sense that it's like, oh, we can go get Kawhi Leonard and – Dame's like, yeah, bring me Kawhi Leonard. And Neil says, no, I'm not going to bring Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. That's completely ludicrous on every level. Um, it's my understanding that there, there were conversations with Kawhi, but Kawhi said, I'm not going to stay. And they didn't believe they could beat Golden State with Kawhi anyway. And they made it to the West Finals that year anyway. Now, yeah. Kawhi did beat Golden State in the finals, but only because Durant and Klay Thompson got injured. You can't predict that. So had they gotten Kawhi for one year, not won the title, Kawhi leaves, CJ leaves, now you got Dame standing there by himself, and guess what? He's going to want to leave. And it's my understanding that that just wasn't worth the roll of dice. And plus, there's no point, there's no fact in play that anyone knows for sure that San Antonio wanted CJ over DeMar DeRozan. So anyway, yeah, that's well, the kind of thing that trips me out. And I do believe Lillard is behind any of those types of discussions. 
Yeah, I, I think it, so. Where's he going to go? Anyway, there's no, say. there's no time to panic. You know, I, I think as a as a Blazer fan, I mean, this is one of those. <laughs> it, it, it was a rough exit, and I think that the, from the playoffs, and that came across in his comments today, right? I mean, um, when yeah. you lose to a team that um, you you are the the favorite, um, according to so called experts, right? Who, who watch the game, despite the MVP being on the other other side. There's no Jamal Murray. There's no Will Barton. Uh, Dame's, uh, you know, good, good friend who, um, who, uh, you, you know, started his career here in Portland. Um, you're expected, I think to win that series and it, it didn't happen. And I think, uh, like you mentioned, um, that doesn't sit well and it shouldn't sit well. I think when you're a superstar in the league and, and, uh, some of that is kind of boiled to the surface. Um, and you're also talking about a, a coaching search, and a coaching change that that has not gone down well, and this is not something that right. Damian has had to navigate during his time in Portland. I mean, there's been a lot of injuries, but there hasn't been anything like this. And and both the fan base and and Damian, uh, and you know, other people on the team are kind of figuring this out as as they go along. And and uh, you know, social media does not help. Oh my God, social media media poisons a lot of this stuff. <laughs> like, is this real I mean, life, right? Was- yeah, well, and the fact that, you know, people were lashing out at him and he responded to some of it. Like, mm-hmm. so clearly it was getting to him, right? And and I've seen Damian Lillard get lashed at by fans of other teams, like, really badly. Yeah. He, would, he just ignores it. So clearly the fact that he responded to some of this, it was it was getting to him. And, you know, to your the point I think you're making is that all those things mixed together could lead to a situation where he was probably frustrated enough to – to say to someone, this could make me want to leave, mm-hmm. right? But cooler heads prevail. And it would have to be a situation where Neil O'Shea would get back such a haul that he'd be like, all right, you really want to leave? I can get all that? Okay. But I don't believe Lillard's trying to do that. I don't think he's trying to, to run out right now. I think he wants to make this work with Billups because what Billups is going to bring is an instant command on of respect. Like, not that they didn't respect Stotts, but clearly Stotts could not get those guys to play defense, right? Everyone knew defense was optional on this team. Billups is going to make those guys play defense, and he's going to make Damian Lillard play better defense. D- Lillard had one of the worst defensive ratings in the league based on 538 sports. Like at one point during the season, he was ranked 297th out of 299. There's 150 starters in the league, you know? So – do the math on how bad that was. Whatever you believe about analytics, that's bad. 297 out of 299. Um, Billups is going to make him play better defense. And he's going to make McCollum play better defense. He's going to hold them accountable because you can't have those two guys being weak links on your defense and have a strong defense. So it's going to start with those two playing better. Not great. They don't have to be Joe Dumars. They don't have to be Michael <laughs> Jordan or Kobe Bryant. Right. Or even Russell Westbrook, who's a good defender. They need to be just competent. Um, so Billups is going to bring that. So w- I believe Lillard is intrigued by that. And here's the other thing. I said this with Joe Freeman. Mm-hmm. Someone today sent me a text. I was texting with someone. I can't remember who it was. And they were talking about O'Shea and his bad roster. And again, I'm like, dude, they finished tied for the eighth best record in the league. <laughs> not 18, yeah. not 28, eighth with McCollum and Nurkic missing a combined 60 games. That's not a bad roster by any stretch of the imagination. Is it a title roster? I don't believe so, but it's not bad. So Billups, a better defense, this team could be flirting with a three or four seed 
in the West next year. Who, who knows what's going to happen with other teams, obviously. But I think he's intrigued by that. I think he wants to see that work. And I also believe they're going to make a move this summer. They're going to make a roster move. I, I, I firmly believe they're going to. Now, I will say one more thing about this. Mm-hmm. If they don't make a roster move, if they go out in the first round again, then all bets are off. Like, then it's like, okay, Lillard will be 32. His mortality is really going to be staring in his face in terms of his prime. And if he looks at it and goes, okay, we're never going to contend, then I think it's best for both sides to part ways. And when you look at uh, you look at the landscape out West, right, when the, the, the Lakers, obviously, I mean, they're going to have a different cast around LeBron and, and AD uh, in some respects. And uh, the Clippers showed a, a lot of heart that, <laughs> frankly, I didn't know if they had or not. And that's, I think, a credit right. to, to Ty Lue. Uh, who turns out uh, is a really excellent coach, I think. Um, and then you've got the Mavs, um, which are, have been a disappointment. And, and the Suns, who, I mean, they've got the look right now of a team that could be doing this for a while. <laughs> so, um, yeah. you know, it's not well, going to get if, easier. If Paul can, if Paul can, yeah, if yeah. Paul can stay yeah. healthy. But, yeah. Well, is he going to opt in next year too? I mean, right, yeah, I think he has a, a contract situation. But, does, yeah, right? it's – it's why, why wouldn't he? $40 million? I'd stay in Phoenix. Yeah, well, he kind of <laughs> intimated before before this run that who knows. But, I mean, it's uh, – all, all that being said that, like you said, I mean, next year, I mean, it's really going to be the proof in the pudding and, and see how this team, whether it's the same team or there's some fundamental changes, um, maybe it's a Kevin Love <laughs> coming home. Um, uh, you know, they, they frankly, they're going to need big bodies. Are we going to see uh, Ennis Cantor again? Are we ever going to see Zach Collins again on the basketball court? Uh, oh, you know, there's so Zach, many questions so uh, that we have. Um, but, you know, ultimately it's it's going to be a fascinating offseason for you to cover and then see what happens uh, going into the training camp. You are listening to the Blazer Focus Podcast. We'll be right back after a short break. One of the topics that obviously we mentioned about him being upset about was him being lashed at by fans because of the hiring of Billups, because of the rape allegation. And everyone knew that he was attached to that name. Mm-hmm. He said, he tweeted on like June 27th that he didn't know anything about their background, which I think, I don't think he did, but he, he didn't put a date in that tweet. So a lot of people thought he meant at that moment, he didn't know that he had just learned then, but he cleared that up, which I mean, I've, written it and said it. And I even asked Olshay about it and mentioned my question to Olshay during the, the Billups introduction that he knew as of June 5th, when the names first were released and people first backlashed, he clarified that and said, that's when he learned about it. Um, and his response was like, look, you know, we did a thorough investigation or yeah, the, the, the organization did a thorough investigation. Mm-hmm. It came out to where they believe, you know, him, his story and that, they felt comfortable making the hire and that ultimately it wasn't his decision in the end that Olshay and Jody Allen make the final decision. And that's true, even though he was involved in it, but at least he addressed that issue. And um, my only thing is I feel like he's trying to distance himself from it, hmm. but he can't because he, he was involved in the process. But I thought it was good that he at least just addressed it and said, look, this is this is how it played out. This is when I knew what and this is what we did. Yeah. And he, he effectively said it, it is what it is now. Right. I mean, um, 
Yeah, it's the the ball is uh is out of his court. Um, and I guess now we're just going to see, you know, see what Chauncey does uh, with his staff. I mean, I'm kind of curious. So uh, we heard some names uh, this week, uh, you know, another former Clipper uh, <laughs> ties to Neil uh, Vinny Del Negro and obviously a long career in the NBA uh, and Lionel Hollins, uh, you know, Blazer great name up in the rafters. Kind of interesting to see. Uh, if those are the names, uh, Scotty Brooks as well, who that one kind of shocked me a little bit. I mean, yeah, is that, is that like a fallback plan? If things really hit the, <laughs> I guess you could go either way, right? Cause <laughs> you got, you got Lionel who, who has coaching experience and, and was a defensive minded coach as well. So I, I don't know. I, I, I think, you know, those, those are all experienced coaches. So, you know, that's kind of, uh, it seems like that might be a, a good stable for, for Chauncey. Yeah, and the Brooks thing tripped me out because he turned down a contract offer from Washington to remain their head coach. Like, mm. why? I don't know what the negotiations were, but I guarantee you he, he was he was offered more to remain the head coach there than he would get paid to be the assistant an assistant in Portland. Um, so why, why would you give up a head coaching job to go be an assistant somewhere unless you had something li- li- lined up already, like you knew you were going to get some other job? Like it's it's bizarre to me, but yeah. maybe he was just so done with trying to get Russell Westbrook to not jack up threes when he shoots 31%. <laughs> he just said, I want out. Of course, I'm making that up. But <laughs> I think I, Chauncey Bell said he he wants to get guys with experience because mm-hmm. he's never been a head coach. So, yeah, he should bring in someone who's been a head coach, not to tell him what to do, but to help guide him through the entire process of being a head coach. That would be a great uh, asset for his staff, no doubt. Yeah, and I mean, there's I saw some, you know, going back to the social media thing, there's a lot of consternation about those names. And it's like, from my perspective, it's like, well, well what do you want? I mean, who who do you want to sit next to him? And, Dude, uh, uh, you know, I think people, those, those, are, Wooden, those are people who, yeah, Jackson, John Wooden. Red Auerbach, <laughs> you know, they're all going to come back and be assistants. Yeah, Rick Patino maybe wants another run. But um, we'll see. Hey, Coach K is available. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, you know. It, it'll be interesting. Obviously, Chauncey will be in charge, and he knows. You know, he's been around this game forever. Uh, he played a, a long, long career, very acclaimed on the court, as we mentioned. So uh, the guy knows the guy knows the game, but he'll need some help on on some of the particulars. I'm sure. Yes, yeah, 17 years as a point guard, especially a high end point guard, playing for uh, George Carl, Larry Brown. That's more valuable than a handful of years as an assistant coach. Like it just is. And we've seen like Steve Kerr had never coached before took over the, the warriors. They'd mm-hmm. won 51 games a year before they won the title. Um, you got Nash coaching in with the nets. I mean, of course, how hard is it to coach that crew when they're healthy, but still he's a point guard who'd never coached before, you know? So th- I, I, his lack of experience is not going to be a huge detriment, but it's, it's, it'll be good to have a, uh, experienced head coach by his side to help him guide him through some things. I do. We, we kind of got past this before I could just mention one thing about, we talked about all the, the trade rumors that came about after Lillard. Your favorite topic. Um, well, Let's after, go there. <laughs> after after Yahoo. Well, I just this is all people are talking about. <laughs> Not all they're talking about, but people are talking about this. That's what that's the NBA offseason. The NBA has wisely turned their their league into a year round league, yep. and part of it is just the fascination people have with who could go play with whom, right? It's just all these little things people throw out all the time. But my, my pet peeve right now is just to create – I feel like the city of Portland has been disrespected <laughs> the last <laughs> month with some of these trade offers because people think they can get Lillard for like a bag of Cheetos and like a six-pack of beer or something. But I just want to talk about one in particular because this is from The Athletic, a reputable um, new uh, sports entity, mm-hmm. and their Knicks reporter put this out, John Hollinger. And the, the the trade offer was 
Mitchell Robinson, a promising young center, Obi Toppin, their first pick from last year, this year's first pick, which is 19, first round pick, which is number 19, and then multiple firsts to go with that, but not giving up R.J. Barrett, who is probably, well, without doubt, their best young player. Julius Randle is their best overall player, but Barrett's mm-hmm. only 20. He's a promising young guy. So, like, when I see things like that, that's ridiculous. Like, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, and the 19th pick, and then some other first round picks that are all going to be in the twenties because they have Lillard that does you zero good. And so what I think is happening out there is I think people really believe that Lillard might want out because of that Yahoo report. And because they know Chris Haynes is tight with Lillard that they honestly think there might be a desperate situation, but what would happen if Lillard said, I want out is that Neil Olshay would have all of these teams that their fan bases, you know, say they, their team should try and get them. Mm-hmm. There would be a bidding war. It's not like Neil O'Shea would just say, "Hey, Knicks, who do you what are you going to give me?" Okay, Obi Toppin and Mitchell Robinson. Sure, no, it's going to be like New York, Dallas, Miami, Philly, whoever. Like certain teams. Okay, who's got the best offer? He's going to be on the phone with all of them. Just like everyone saw Moneyball with Brad Pitt, right? It's going <laughs> to be like that. I got this guy on hold. I got that guy on hold. Get on that. The haul Portland would get would just be astronomical but i want to ask you as a fan if it came to that and literally wanted out and let's say boston boston offering you jalen brown a good Mm -hmm. young rising star and you get some picks and some pick swaps and you get another rotation player how would you feel about that as a jumping off point to rebuilding in that situation well, I mean, I think you'd have to feel better about Jalen Brown than the the Obi Toppin, uh, right. Mitchell Robinson, poo poo platter. Um, with all due respect to those guys, I mean, um, poo poo platter. I I think that you know I'm speaking for a lot of Blazer fans that you know I mean when you've invested this much in a guy, um, you want to see him succeed, and you know all things do have to come to an end. I think, and so yeah, sure. If 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 it's if it's sending Dame to to some place where he has a legit chance to win a title, right? Because he's not going to leave for OKC or you know any of those places, right? What what's the right. what or Minnesota? You know, <laughs> like I've seen some of those crazy photoshops with uh, you know some sort of deal where he's oh, ending, ending I, up I in Minnesota. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought I was bad. And it's at never. It. And it's not for Carl Anthony Towns. It's no. Minnesota for Anthony Edwards, which. I will say that's an intriguing part, but you have to give something else well, sure. to go along with him. But. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know, it, it's something that I try to keep in the back recesses of my mind that it's a possibility <laughs> because uh, you know, it, it, it's uh, being a Blazer fan is like we they've been good for so long, but um, you know, there's always kind of this when is the shoe going to drop sort of moment, and right. we've had you know eight years of relatively calm waters and now we're back into the mm-hmm. the turbulent seas and um you know uh it, it would be a little tough it'd be a little tough to see him uh in in a celtics jersey with uh you know portlander Ime <laughs> Yudoka and and damon stoudemire on the sideline that would be a tough one. oh yeah good point that's a good point um i mean like i said i don't think anything's gonna happen this year no. i think if, if they don't contend if they don't have a good just a chance to be in the hunt. I do think it's going to happen at some point in the next few years. But I, I do believe if that if you think it's going to happen, if you're Neil O'Shea, I mean, like you said, he's not going to want to go to OKC, right? So if Dame, did, Dame demands a trade, O'Shea comes back with, oh, 
OKC is offering me this amazing package, Dame's going to be like, no, nah, man, no, nah, man, don't send me there. Because he doesn't want to go there and be worse. No. Right? He's only going to want to go somewhere where he can win. And so the only logical team would be a team that has enough to give you a young star, rising star, but be better because they've added Lillard. That's why I say Jalen Brown. That's why I say a Ben Simmons, who people are, you know, this yeah. is a very polarizing topic right now. But it, to me, he's still a three-time all-star, 25 years old, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. You got to get some kind of young building block with the trade because then you take one, you tank, <laughs> right? So you have a young building block. You're going to get some picks. You tank, you get mm-hmm. another high pick. Now you're looking at a nucleus of Simon. So I think Simon is going to be, Simon is going to be a really good player. He's already getting to that point. But anyways, you have Simons, you'd have Ben Simmons or Jalen Brown. You got a high pick and you're going to have tons of cap space because Lillard's going to be making 50 million in three years. Obviously, if you move Lillard, you're going to move McCollum, which is going to help you tank. And then in three years, you've got this really good young nucleus with the draft picks. And now you're on your way to being good again. But if you just trade them for junk or poo-poo platter, like you said, <laughs> well, now you're going to be bad forever because you're never going to sign a free agent. You're never going to be able to trade for a star. You couldn't trade for a star to come play with Lillard. How are you going to trade for a star to come play not with Lillard? Yeah. <laughs> right? And you, you, the picks you got in the deal are all going to be bad picks because the team you trade them to, trade them to are going to be, is going to be good. So then you're just done. Not, now you're going to be perpetually in the, in the lottery until you get lucky one year and have the number one pick and get a Zion. So, it would have to be the perfect fit, and it's not going to be this summer. No, these these big trades of mega stars rarely have a a haul that um, is satisfying. So that's always something to keep in the back of the mind, too, right? I mean, hundred percent. So uh, now, I I I thought New Orleans did a good job with the AD trade. Like, yeah, that was the perfect situation. Yeah. You got two high picks. You got Ingram. You got Ball. You tanked. Well, you sucked. You didn't really tank, <laughs> but you sucked anyway. And then you got Zion. That's and but even with that, they haven't made the playoffs yet. But it's still at least you got something to work with. If you told me tomorrow that Portland could get Ingram, Ball, and Zion yeah. for Lillard, and Lillard wanted out, done, done in a nanosecond. Send you to New Orleans and play with uh, Josh Hart. Right? <laughs> you would make you would take that deal in a heartbeat if you're a Blazer fan. If Lillard is demanding to be out, you don't take it just on its surface. But if Lillard says I want out, you can get that. In a heartbeat. This is just going to be our reality, I think, for the next year, unless uh, unless we have uh, a different outcome in in the playoffs, or or Dame goes out on the record and says, you know, um, like you said previously, I think he said in the bubble, right? I mean, he he really uh, he doesn't care. He just wants to do it here. He wants that parade down Broadway. Right. So um, we'll see how by uh, El Gauchos. Yeah, by El Gaucho. <laughs> oh man, I should have called him and say, did you guys get a rise in business after he said that? <laughs> yeah. Well. You know, are they seating people at the? Uh, I bet they are now, right? Uh, now that we're they are now, probably, probably not the time we said it, but well, maybe. All we, right, so let's get. Oh yeah, I was going to say that? maybe we should we should we should talk about the Olympics because uh, that that was the impetus yes. for, for the uh, the news conference. That kind of creeped up on me. I was like, wait a minute, the Olympics are coming up. Okay, so Lillard had one of those seasons where he was banged up most of the year, and it. I'm sure you remember this, but there was this crazy stretch where it seemed like he banged knees with another yeah. player like every other game. I, I remember in my, my, I'm Dallas, Miami, um, I want to say an OKC game. Like it was just crazy. He kept banging knees with guys. And then he had the rib thing early in the season, um, his wrist. He got hit in the head. He had a sore back. He had a <laughs> hamstring, I think, an ankle. Like it was just crazy. And that led to him having 
I did an article on this. I went back and looked at every month of his career. Arguably, his April was the worst statistical month of his career. He was like 22 points per game, but shot like under 30%. And from three, he was awful. And that was clearly because he wasn't healthy. And then he got healthy right before they went and, and won 10 out of 12. So in my thinking, I'm like, he's 31. He just had all these injuries. Should he be playing in the Olympics at all? What do you think? You know, I've, I've always kind of, uh, in the previous Olympic efforts, I've been, you know, as a, as a Blazer fan, it's like, where's Dame? Where's Dame? Why isn't he on this list? <laughs> yeah. Um, he's better than right. all these guys. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> but I think honestly going, you know, I think intellectually it would make sense like, Hey, shut it down. But I think given all the churn and everything, uh, just the, the controversy of the hiring and, um, you know, I, I'm eager to see him out there. Uh, I'm also just intrigued. And he talked about this during his comments about, about, uh, you know, Dame where he's not having to be superhero Dame. Um, he's on a team, you know, right. That has Kevin Durant and, um, you know, yeah. Bam Adebayo and Drew Holiday and, you know, all these, uh, amazing players, Chris Middleton and Devin Booker and, uh, who are still playing obviously right now. But, um, I, I'm really, uh, excited to see, uh, how, you know, it's been because it's been since Clyde, right? Since uh, a Blazer was on an Olympic team, um, on on the the so, right. so called dream team, if we're calling it that. So, um, I'm I'm really interested in seeing you know how he plays, how he fits into this you know team concept, and he talked about it today. Just uh, he he's eager to pick up new defensive skills. He said from uh, from working yeah. with with Pop uh, Greg Popovich and. And obviously Steve Kerr and, and Jay Wright, the Villanova coach. So I'm I'm excited. I you know I I, I love uh, watching basketball, and I, I feel like just the international uh, stars we have in the NBA, it, the Olympics are just great, and we don't have the traditional powers of, of Spain and Argentina, I guess, right now. But I mean, even France has taken a little slide. But you got Luca and Slovenia. What are what are they going to do? Uh, and then just mm-hmm. watching. Uh, Watching Dame uh, and this Team USA, I think it's going to be pretty fun. You know what? I, I agree, and I, I I think um I think it's worth whatever risk there might be. Um, I don't I don't really think there's that much of a risk. I just know it's kind of like people wonder about it. Uh, but it's you know this is his shot to play in the Olympics. You yeah. know what I mean? This is a shot to get a gold medal, and I and I think you go for it. And like you said, he doesn't have to be a super Dame, which means he doesn't have to play 38 minutes and score 30. He could literally just play twenty. He can yeah. play whatever his body feels like he can play. And if he gets he gets a little a tiny little itty bitty like tear and something not tear but like tweaking something, he can just shut her down or not play that much. Like it's not, it's not going to be that pressure. When you look at the the guards, yeah, I mean they've got Beal, Booker. I didn't even mention Beal. Yeah, Holiday, Holiday, Levine, Dame. I mean that's there's a kind of a lack of point guards though. Well, I guess Drew can play point. But anyway, they're loaded at the guard <laughs> position. Right. He's not going to have to play. If, if you look, oh, so inter- international, they play 40 minutes, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Andrew noted, so noted minutes, international fan. I can't even na- answer that question, but I think you're right. Right. So, so if I should look that up before I quote this math, but, um, it might be more than that. But anyway, the point is, is that you divide the minutes up. He's not going to have to play that much. So there's going to be a little risk. And he gets a chance to get a gold medal. And who knows if he's ever going to get an NBA title. You know, there's, there's no guarantee there. So this could be the, this could be the highlight yeah. in terms of, you know, a championship that he ever wins. And so absolutely he should go for it. 
Is there any? Is there anyone who can? Is there anyone who can mess with them at all? Or are they going to run through this thing? If there is, I I, I don't know <laughs> honestly because it because it does seem like you know the the Spains and the the Argentinas uh, are uh, you know they're they're down. Uh, that those guys are old, yeah. right? I mean, you got that generation, the the <laughs> Gasol brothers, you know, and and those guys, and the right. the Rudys and the uh, uh, Sergios and. Um, you know, those guys have been around the block. And so, uh, I think, uh, you know, it would be a major disappointment if, if Dame and team USA didn't come back with a, a gold. So I'm finding, yes, 40 minutes, four, 10 minute quarters. So 40 minutes, two guard positions, that's 80 minutes. You got five players. That's 18 minutes per player. If you played everyone equally. So yeah, he'll be just fine. Yeah. And this is a guy who lives for the Anything moments. <laughs> this is a guy who lives for the moments, right? He's a guy who lives for the moments, yeah. right? He creates these indelible yeah. moments. And um, when you think of, obviously, the the two walk-off winners and then his insane performance and a losing effort in Denver. Um, so this is another stage. Like, I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised, you know? I mean, we talk about he doesn't have to be super Dame. He doesn't have to be super Dame, but I, I would imagine we might get a, a few glimpses at some point. So looking forward to it. Yeah, he was 12 for 17 from threes against Denver. He was four for six on threes when I said, no way. <laughs> he t- I'm like, no way. I was going to splash. I'm like, wow. He was in fuego that day. Now, what, you said something that, that bothered me a little bit. Mm. Um, I can't let it go. You said the so-called dream team. What, what, what was that about? Well, I don't know if we're still calling so, it the the dream team, right? I mean, is that, do we do do we still call it that just because, you know, we call forever. it? Forever. All right. I mean, really, those those. Why, why would you? <laughs> why would you take that away? What 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 are you what are you trying to say? Well, I mean, I, I think obviously when you look at the LeBron, Melo, Wade teams, those teams were amazing. But there's that kind of the the no no man's land, you know, uh, the Ray Allen led team and whatnot that didn't they didn't come home with the gold. You know what I mean? I was just wondering if do we still call them the dream team? Is it always the? Dream Are you trying team? to say that there's maybe a better dream team than the the dream team? So therefore, they shouldn't be called the dream team. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I mean, I. Do you? Yeah. How old are you? I'm. What am I? I'm. I'm thirty. I'm going to be thirty-eight. I'm thirty-seven. Oh, you're th- really? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were like thirty-two or something. Oh man, I'm old. I've got two kids. An old man. Do I have two kids by thirty-two. <laughs> old man. <laughs> oh, I'll call him the dream uh, okay, team, so Aaron. I'll call him the dream team. So you're 38. So you, <laughs> you're a keep the peace kind of guy, right? <laughs> Roll your eyes, keep the peace kind of guy. Uh, so you were seven. Do you remember the dream? Do you remember watching them at all? Oh yeah, I had the. I had the. Uh, you know, what do they call them? The fat heads now, right? But they they, they made <laughs> yeah. they made stickers back in the day for the dream team. Yeah, yeah I had yeah. those on my closet doors uh, uh, in my in my home down in Medford. Uh, oh yeah, I remember those. Uh, that noted game against Angola. Uh, good times when Barkley elbowed the guy. <laughs> well, and he is that, yeah, Bar- was that Angola or was that someone else? I think that was Angola. They won by something like 70 <laughs> points. And, um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of disrespect and a lot of, you know, American, uh, machismo Revato and it was and good, one. good yeah. times. Right. And of course I remember that. <laughs> All right. Um, I think we covered everything worth covering, right? I think so. In this, this off-season edition of the Blazer Focus podcast. Okay, let me ask you one more thing. Shoot. I want, I want to get your, your fan perspective. Are you in the trade CJ camp or are you not in the trade CJ camp? Let me, let me see if my uh, McCollum uh, 
heritage uh case of wine is on the way or not um <laughs> no that's already that's already long gone i mean i i don't know i i i mean aaron i i don't i don't love change right and and like any blazer fan you you fall in love with your guys but i mean at some point yeah. at some point push has to come to shove but you know intellectually you look at ben simmons and you yeah i mean what what a fantastic prospect what a incredible defensive player but like uh you know where's that dude he's not he's not playing in the olympics right now hot takes phil coming your way he's he's not playing in the olympics he chose not to um after that performance now maybe he's getting his mind right and working on his game working on his body who knows but um yeah I i think you know if there is a scenario where you can somehow move cj for a player that moves the needle then sure let's do it but um what <laughs> what is that i don't know um you you right. talked earlier about about uh the the struggles that uh are inherent sometimes to to portland and um roster building and kind of what Olshay is up against uh but here is a scenario where you could get a guy uh, we think potentially who has all these bona fides, but like what, you know, is he up for it? (laughs) Is he ready to keep getting better? I don't know. Uh, does he have the yips? You know, these are all, or it was just this, just a, you know, people have bad playoff series and he had a real bad one. Um, who knows, man? I don't know. It's a tough one, but, um, at some point, at some point, you know, you gotta, gotta make a change. And I guess I I think they're probably going to roll with this to start the season is my guess. But, um, Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, no, I I totally get where you're coming from from the the true hardcore fan perspective because not many stars have rolled through Portland because you've had to draft them all right, and then you've had the you know the the, the disappointing situations with. I mean, we can go all the way back to Bowie and Jordan, <laughs> but then the Durant Odin thing. Like, it's not it's not that Durant turned out to be way better than Odin that kills. It's that Odin turned out to just not be very good, and he—I mean—he was okay, and then he gets injured. So you get a z- you get zero. Yeah. Like if you had just gotten a guy with a career sixteen and eight and three blocks, and could play, you know, be a rim protector. At least you got something right yeah. out of him, but you get nothing. And then Roy, Roy, this fantastic player who I used to watch that guy play and just be like, waiting for him to make the bad the bad play. He just always made the smart play. He was such a smart, intelligent basketball player. He was so fun to watch. And then his knees go out right. And then, of course, you have the 15-point blown lead against the Lakers. And then the year after that, they imploded. This is a and like, fun trip down memory lane, Aaron. <laughs> but, but yeah, I know. I'm sorry. But this, this to me, I believe, leads to a lot of angst yeah. amongst Blazers fans because of all these disappointing things. Some of them had nothing to do with anything other than just bad luck. And so when you, when you draft a guy like CJ 10th or whatever mm-hmm. it was, and he turns out to be really good, like that's, that's, that's our guy. We watched him grow up. We watched him go from DNPs to having the good game against Memphis. And then the next year he blew up and now he's like a borderline all-star. We're not just going to trade him for anybody. Right. <laughs> and so it, it ha- it's a delicate situation yeah. and I, I totally get it. I just don't believe there's a chance in hell they're going to win a title with two shoot first guards around six, two, six, three who don't play defense. It's never happened in the history of the NBA. I don't believe it's going to happen here. So it's almost like you have to turn him into something different to have a shot. But is it worth doing that when the fans? most of the fans love him so much. It's just, it's just a hard situation to be in. Yeah. I think if he ultimately is dealt, you know, I have no doubt that, you know, CJ will always have a 
you know, you, you, he'll always have a standing ovation if he comes back to Portland. You know, it's a guy that oh, yeah. embraced the city and the, the city embraced him. And, you know, he could be one of those guys who ends up living here in the long term. So, um, but right. it's just one of those. Yeah. You know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. And, um, you know, w- what what influence, if any, uh, Chauncey Billups can have on that dynamic. Um, it's not exactly the same as him, him and Rip. Um both of those guys were <laughs> were bigger, so uh, we'll see. Right. We'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yep. I think we exhausted everything. We did it. Forty five minutes, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for the Blazer Focus podcast. Thanks for joining us. I will be sure to have Andrew on again because I can just tell how much he loves his Blazers, and I like poking at him a little bit. So, like, seeing how if I can make him cry, I'm trying. That's be my goal when they make him cry. With a, a sad trip down memory lane. Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, that's it for today. Be sure to uh, tune in next time. Hit that subscribe button um, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts.